Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bad Yogi podcast with me, Erin Motz. If you're new around here, we kind of talk about all things yoga, wellness, lifestyle, and pretty much everything in between there, but with a little bit of a bad yogi twist. So I try not to get all airy, fairy, uh, hippie nonsense on you and just try to give you things that are actually legitimately helpful and applicable to your real life. So (laughs) today, you know, on that note, within that theme, I'm talking with my friend Jess Dang, and she is the founder of a company called CookSmarts, which gives you weekly meal plans, cooking guides and infographics and online cooking lessons that are all designed to help literally anyone build a strong cooking foundation. So basically, CookSmarts is a lifesaver for anyone who feels like meal prep and weekly menu planning is just a giant pain in the ass. Like, I'm sorry. I'm That's just true. For me, I cannot stand like the day before we go grocery shopping, sitting down and like, oh my God, what am I going to make this week? Um, okay. Do I want chicken? Like again? So <laughs> I'm sure I can't be the only person. So yeah, Cook Smarts is like a total lifesaver because you get really delicious recipes that are healthy and balanced too. But anyway, on the note of cooks, cook smarts, uh, just a side note to that. If you follow me on social media, you know that I am in the midst, along with the Bad Yogi team, we're in the midst of building out the next edition of the Perfect Body Yoga program, which operates on the belief that the perfect body is really just the healthiest version of the body you already have. So it's not like me standing there saying that, oh, if you do this, this is the body you're going to have. No, <laughs> it's like, what your healthiest version is, that's what you're going to get. It's an eight-week program, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, all of that, but we're building out a new edition, and the next edition is going to be called PBYP Resolution, and we're going to be working with, drum roll, drum roll, with Cook Smarts to bring you a meal prep element too, and I am so excited because, like I said, for a lot of us, The food element is the hardest part of maintaining a healthy, balanced lifestyle. So we're pulling out all the stops to help make you successful in your journey. And yeah, that was really cheesy of me to say, but it's true. I'm just seriously excited about that because this is a service I personally use for my own meal inspo and I I love it. But anyway, I'll give you more info on that in the next few weeks. Back to our conversation, Jess and I get into how she came to start CookSmarts. So for any entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, you're going to love the first part of our conversation because she talks about how she had this really scary diagnosis at 17 years old that confronted her with her own mortality. And CookSmarts was actually born out of a promise she made to herself that if she lived to see her 30th birthday, she'd do something to help others live a healthy life. Yeah, like let that sink in for a minute, right? So seriously, this might give you that gentle kick in the butt you need to start the thing you've been dreaming about. But we also ended up talking a lot about motherhood and how she maintains her identity as a woman and entrepreneur while still also being fully present as a mom. Now, I'm not a mother myself, but Jess has two young children of her own, and she has so much insight about how to integrate yourself as an independent person with that new role of of mother. So yeah, I just loved her perspective on this, and we talked a lot about that. Um, Obviously, she's also a total pro when it comes to meal prepping that's super fast, super nourishing, and super delicious. So she gave several tips that were seriously shockingly simple, yet I'd never heard anyone else mention them before. I mean, seriously, it kind of blew my mind because in all the blogs and articles on the internet about meal prep and making it simple, the ones she gave in our conversation today were some of the most legitimately helpful I've ever heard. So can't wait for you to uh, to hear that. Um, And then before we kind of jump into the interview and the conversation, I have just a side note for you. There are like a few moments here where our voices overlap and it sounds like we're interrupting each other. And I'm seriously sorry about that. It's just like some weird audio glitch that we couldn't fix. So, yeah, that's just, you know, shit happens. Am I right? Anyway, I will let Jess do the rest of the talking and uh, let's just jump right into our conversation. Jess Dang, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Bad Yogi Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. 
Absolutely. I can't wait to chat about all of this. Uh, I have to ask you an easy question, though, right off the bat. So you're the master of meal prep. Tell me, what's your favorite breakfast to, to start out the day? Make sure you have a nice, productive morning. I'm all about starting off the day with protein. I just find that I get so much more energy when I start off the day with something like eggs or yogurt or something with meat. And so I pretty much have two fried eggs every single morning. And sometimes I have it with avocado toast or some sauteed spinach, but I feel so much better when I start off the day with protein. I'm with you. I love eggs. I could eat eggs like every single meal of the day, I think, but that's probably not recommended. So I try to I try to switch it up. But yeah, I love eggs for for a breakfast. It's just super satisfying. You know, I was gonna I was gonna tell you that Cook Smarts is seriously so well done and it's it's really useful. So it's obvious that this wasn't some like random project you decided to start on a whim. And your journey towards healthy living actually started way back in high school when you got a pretty scary diagnosis. Diagnosis. Can can you talk about that a little? Yeah, sure. Uh, so back in high school, I was donating blood for a school blood drive and just not thinking anything of it. And so I went off and, and did it. And a couple weeks later, I got this letter back in the mail saying that they couldn't accept my blood because it had tested positive for hepatitis C. And here I am, a 17-year-old. It's like senior year in high school. And I'm just like, what is this? I had no idea what was going on. Um, and so we went to the doctors and had lots of subsequent doctor's visits and tests. And pretty much each test kind of gave us more bad news that, you know, the virus had progressed. I was at risk for cirrhosis of the liver. We did a liver biopsy. And so I just kind of it was just a huge life shock to me. And there was just so much uncertainty after I got that diagnosis. Absolutely. I can only imagine. I mean, at 17, like, that's just crazy. It's kind of kind of earth shattering. There's like, you were gonna say something? Yeah, no, I mean, at that point, like I was pretty, I was just like your every normal high school senior, you know, I went to school, I went to practice, I hung out with my friends like this, you know, I thinking about mortality is not high on a high schooler's list. But all of a sudden, that was a huge consideration for me. Yeah, it'll definitely make you grow up really quickly. Definitely. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I had really different priorities. And I was thinking about my health and the best ways that I could improve my health. But first, I had to go through treatment. So I went off to my freshman year of college, I wanted a normal year in college, just in case, you know, anything was going to change in my life. And then after my freshman year, I came back and started a summer, uh, a year long treatment program. It was basically like a mild chemotherapy. So I was pretty weak, pretty fatigued, lost quite a bit of hair, and just kind of going through not, you know, really not feeling great and just wondering what my life was going to be like after treatment. Luckily, everything went well for me yeah. afterwards. I got really good res test results. And, you know, for the most part, they, after that year of treatment, they said, you can, you should consider yourself cured, uh, but you should, you know, keep on coming back to the doctors every single year so we can do checkups and make sure everything is progressing okay. But at that point, I still felt really shaken by everything. It was, you know, such a shock to the system. And I just wasn't positive. I, w I just wasn't confident that everything was going to be okay. So I made this promise to myself that, you know, if I lived to see 30, I was going to do like have make a big life change and do something to help other people improve their health. Right. You know, from that point forward, I was just kind of try to live my healthiest life possible and hope that I was going to see 30. And that's when and I did, luckily. And that's when I quit my corporate job at Visa and started CookSmarts. That's absolutely amazing. And I actually want to, I know I'm going to back up a little bit because I'm just picturing like this 17 year old kid getting this wave of bad news. And I'm wondering, like, you're going through this, this thing that you like into chemotherapy. Did it affect your self image at all or your confidence being so young? No, not really. I felt like it was almost like a badge of courage. Um, I was really open about it in college with the new friends I made. And I was open about it with my high school friends. It was one of those, you know, really strange things to have to tell people. Because, you know, I, my friends had known me for so long. But yeah, it didn't affect me. I, I kind of embraced it and just said, this is what I'm going to have to go through. And I can be miserable about it or I can just be okay about it. Uh, there's there was a there's a indie indie film like from like I don't know over 20 years ago now because this is all that happened over 20 years ago called Smoke Signals <laughs> and I think 
the one of the lines that really resonated with me was it said, you know, some days are for are for dying and some days are for breakfast. And I think I really understood that line after I got sick, because there are some days you wake up and you really feel like you're dying, like your body just doesn't want to cooperate with you. And there are some days you w- wake up and you just, you know, feel like you're, I'm, I'm going to start the day like we talked about with a really fulfilling breakfast that's going to fill me. And you get to make that choice. You know, you get to make that choice every day. Is like, is this a day for dying or is this a day for breakfast? It's some days it's really hard to make that choice, but the you just have to try and and just embrace what you're going through and just acknowledge that your your body is something that you have to respect and it's it's going through something too and trying to have that kind of that mind body connection together. I I mean I 100% agree with you even though I've never been through a situation like that myself. I know that that's a very common belief especially in the yoga and wellness world that there is a very real mind body connection, but a lot of people cringe when they hear that, you know, where they're like, "Well, hold on. I mean, if I'm really sick and I feel really sick, I can't just choose to try to have a good day, you know? So what do you think made the difference for you that you were able to make that decision? I mean, I guess, was it that movie or was it just something that was ingrained in you before? What do you think it was? I think I've always been a fairly positive person. Um, And I think that I think about life in smaller chunks, perhaps. Um, It's, uh, you know, and I think Mm. maybe illness helps you do that because you don't know if you're going to have a day, a week, a year, you know, you just have no idea. So you can only do the best you can with like the limited time that you have or what what you can really change or impact. And so I think you just break things down into smaller chunks and you can say, you know, today I'm just going to get out of bed. And like the one goal I want to accomplish is to take a shower and have a walk or something or go to Mm. one class or whatever it is. So I think you just, we have to just give ourselves some grace and, and, and give ourselves more achievable goals. Um, and just be easier on ourselves in some in some ways. I actually love that, like seeing life in smaller chunks, because I think there's that question that everybody gets asked at some point, like, what do you want to do with your life? What's your passion? What do you want to, who do you want to spend your life with? Like, what role do you want to play? And that's such a giant question when those, those roles, those goals can evolve with us as we grow and evolve. So it, Taking that approach with every aspect of our life makes more sense. Oh, I sense. totally agree with you. Yeah, I think that's such a daunting question to ask someone who's young. Like, what are you? What do you want to do with your life? Because, like, they've lived a pretty short life so far. You know, what they know is is limited, and you don't know what you're going to be like in a year or two. And so, I think, yeah, just like planning out for the next next week or month, I think is plenty in in some ways. Absolutely. I forget where I read this or saw this, but it was fairly recently. I was talking to somebody about having learned about Mike. It was like, I don't know, it was called something trendy, probably came out of Silicon Valley or something like micro, micro goal planning or something where instead of like focusing on the next five years or 10 years, focus on how you're going to make the next like hour really good, really productive, really fulfilling. And I think that that's a lot easier to win when you're doing that. I think so. And it gets you every little step gets you closer to the bigger goal. And I think that you know, planning, micro planning is, is much better with, you know, actually with, with our meal plans, it's easy to say like, we're going to produce a meal plan, but there's like 50 micro steps that get us there. And I, I think how, having those mini steps makes us feel like that larger goal is so much, you know, it's, 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 it's more organized and it just helps us get her, that helps us better get there with, with all the mini steps to, to do it. Agreed. And I love, I, I also love that you started this when you were 30, correct? Yeah, I started it when I was 30. And I the reason why I like this is because Adrian and I were talking about this the other day, just in general, how every news outlet, every magazine, all the media likes to talk about is uh, how these business owners started something when they were 18 years old in their parents' basement, and they were just trying to get through college. And then what do you know? It just worked out so great. And like the, the story of like just a grown ass woman <laughs> who started a company, like that just you know, that's like too, too vanilla almost. So I just love that you were just like an adult who had an idea and you went after it. And I know, of course, it's not that simple, but how, what was that like? Like you were well into your life already. So how did you kind of navigate the life of an adult with adult responsibilities? And now you're going to start this. Yeah, that's such a great question. And I'm really glad you brought up the point about, you know, no one, no one thinks it's special when you're an adult. Um, it it was it's so interesting because when i had my idea when i you know when i started the company when i was 30 i took a year i took a full year just to like 
understand what people are struggling with in the kitchen. Like the whole mission at Cook Smarts was to get people back in the kitchen and by breaking down, make, making cooking so accessible and easy. I just felt like this art of cooking or cooking skills were just no longer being taught in schools, but it's such an important life skill to have. And so I just spent a year teaching moms, um, both at the high income level as well as low income. I taught um, teen moms in a high school and gave in-home cooking lessons to a lot of moms in the Bay Area just to understand like what they were struggling with in the kitchen. And as I got to understand them and you know put together this idea that I wanted to build a meal plan service that also had a teaching component to it. So someone didn't have to worry about what they were going to make for dinner or didn't have to spend Sunday poring over cookbooks or the internet or Pinterest. We would just send them a menu and then every Every day when they were cooking dinner, they would also get like a mini cooking lesson so they would improve their cooking skills. So that was the idea of behind Cook, you know, Cook Smart's meal plan service. And I started to talk to other people about it around this area. And like nobody was interested because folks were saying like, this is a mom product. And I, I was thinking like, yeah, wh- what's that? Like, why is that a problem? Like moms have a huge job. Like they have like the biggest job in some respects. Um and it was really interesting in Silicon Valley, people were just not really interested in in building something like this. And so I think if I were in my 20s, maybe I would have given up. I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel like I had the resources to do something like this. Mm-hmm. But I think after going through treatment, you know, having another decade after that and working in the corporate world, I just felt like I had a lot more resources and a lot more wherewithal to just push on through and believe in this idea and not be told that like, oh, this isn't going to work or this isn't an interesting idea. And so I decided that I was going to build it myself, like teach myself how to code, which, you know, was kind of a silly idea (laughs) now that I think about it Um, because there are people who spend their whole lives coding. Here I was 30, like, oh, I'm going to teach myself how to code and and build out a product and expect people to buy it. Uh, So I started going to coding workshops and taking coding classes online and just by luck at one of the coding workshops, I met this woman, Jen Gilbert. She was also, you know, she's also 30 in the middle of a big career change. She was an editor and now wanted to become a software developer. And we just said, like, let's do this together. She needed a portfolio project and I needed like someone who could work for free with me. And so over the course of eight months, we just studied on our own. I kind of, I studied more the front end side. And so like the layman speaks is really the design side. Like how do you design a website and code it? So like everything looks the way you want it to look. And she did all the backend stuff, making sure the databases worked, everything was getting pulled correctly, you know, a customer's accounts were stored correctly. So we just did this over eight months and then jammed it all together and launched it and, and it worked. And I think having a little bit, having age really helped us in that sense. Like we were just so determined to do it and not being okay with letting anyone, anyone tell us otherwise that we couldn't do it. And so that really helped. Yeah, I think without the experience you had before of going through what you did, maybe you would have, this would have felt like the biggest thing you've ever tackled, whereas you've already had this huge uh, challenge beforehand. So it almost prepped you yeah, for exactly. it in a way. I really think that's a good point. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I just want to go back again, because you mentioned something about like, oh, you, you were teaching uh, classes and skills to moms. And this was such a, people said this was such a mom product. And so I have to, I'm curious, are men interested in this? Because I feel like that's, that's totally the bias that we see all the time. Like maybe that's why it's not taught in school anymore is because we don't want to pigeonhole people to, or women to home ec and, you know, making it like a woman's task. So have you found that men also find this useful, these skills useful? I think so. I think for the most part, our, our customer base, our member base is mostly, mostly women. Um, but we have, we definitely have men and we have a lot of families where the, like the, the, the female typically who's in charge of like the meal planning and the cooking really loves having it because it's, it's that, 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 that plan is there in place that they have a busy night and they can't execute on dinner. They can just like tell their husband or their partner or boyfriend to log in and say like, this is what we're making tonight. You, you know, the grocery list is there. Everything is there that you need. If you don't know how to chop an onion, just click on the onion video and Jess will teach you how to chop an onion. And so I think it's become something that like has made women's roles even easier because they have something that they can just hand off to their partner when, 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 you know, when their lives get busy and they can't do it all. 
and shouldn't be expected and shouldn't be expected to yeah, do it absolutely. all. I think that's I what I like that. wanted to create this. It's like this is something this is a tool for that for yeah. anybody can use. It's not, you know, gender specific or gender biased in any way. So like this is a great way to get more people involved in the kitchen. And I know a lot of moms do do the do the plans with their kids, a lot of dads do the plans with their kids. And I'm just hoping like it's all about accessibility and I mm-hmm. think a lot of sites in the past have assumed that like cooking is more of a female role, female chore, or whatever it is. And so they kind of tailor their their audience to to women. And I think for us, we just assume that like anyone can learn to cook. This is not specific to anybody. And um, we try to make it really simple so that any, whether you are someone really experienced or someone that has been cooking every dinner every day for their entire lives can come in and just easily execute dinner. Oh, 100%. I obviously agree with you completely. And I was even thinking, having gone through Cook Smarts myself, of course, I wish that this was a thing when I was a kid because my parents got divorced when I was really young. And so whenever we would go to my dad's house, you know, a dad would make one of two meals. He would make a meatloaf and he would make spaghetti with sauce from the jar. And my dad is meticulous. So he would have loved to have, you know, something laid out where he would he would have definitely used the video of how to chop an onion, you know, and like what spices go with this dish. Uh, so I, I totally agree. I just think there's so many, it's super practical for anyone because it's also easy and honestly, like probably a 13-year-old could even get on there and help and contribute. Yeah, it makes it's me so happy when we, our members will post a, in our Facebook group a photo of like their 11-year-old saying like, tonight, like I just came home from work and didn't have to do anything because my 11-year-old like just opened up the iPad and just took care of dinner, like just knew how to log in and just did it all. Yeah. And that's, that's so makes amazing. me so happy because these are skills that like he or she is going to use much later on in their li- in his or her life. And so it's great that they're, they're developing them early. Absolutely. And you are a mother yourself, I know. So I also am very curious how your role as a business owner changed like once you had Oh, children. so I consider CookSmart's my first baby. I consider it my, my firstborn. I like really, I, I yes. had it, you know, when I started CookSmart's, I didn't have kids yet, but I, I kept likening it to like, this must, must be what it feels like to birth a child. I don't know. Like, it's like yeah. this grueling period yes, where you're yes. building it, you know, and then you like, yeah, and there's lots of tears and yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, so I think for the first two and a half years of my business, I was not a mom, and it was like really was like took my, my like all my life. I worked when I like from the time I woke up to like late in the night and stopped to you know to eat, uh, but otherwise I was I was just working mm-hmm. and having when I had my first child in 2015. I really changed that. I like found balance in a way. And I, actually, I don't want to use the word balance because balance assumes that like, you know, like I think about a seesaw and when like you're you're taking away from one side. And to me, it was like, I guess, work-life synergy. And it's still something mm-hmm. I'm working on. It's like, how do I make my work and my life all synergized? Because like my work is a big part of, it is my life. You know, like I love my work and it's like I said, it's my, right. it feels like my firstborn. Uh, but I think a lot of it is I've been able to scale, like, scale back on work a little bit. And it's also at a point where the company is, it's, it's not a newborn anymore. It doesn't need me the way it did. Um, it has a life of its own. We've got, a, I've got a great team. We've got great members and it doesn't quite need the same attention as, as a newborn does. So I'm, I'm trying to basically, I've kind of more democratize the attention that everybody needs in me over the last couple of years. I don't have kids yet myself, but it's something that I, that's something that I want to do at one point. And so selfishly, I'm curious, how did, did you feel like becoming a mother completely took over your identity or not really? Were you able to balance that at all? Synergize. Or synergize it, <laughs> your identity as a mother versus yeah, your identity as I this independent so. person. It was really important for my husband. My husband's also a business owner. And I think it's important for us to like realize that we uh, we have lives and we have priorities outside of our, our kids. Our kids are our top priorities, but it doesn't mean that like we stop caring about hanging out with our friends in their lives and stop traveling or going on trips. So I think for the most part, we just try to incorporate our kids into the lives that we had. I think the biggest changes we made were we go to sleep way earlier <laughs> because our kids wake up super early. 
Um, and so, yeah, it's like we, we could stay up really late and, and go out, but then we would pay for it the next morning. So we've just decided not to do that for the most part, unless the grandparents are in town. Um, but yeah, we really yeah. try to like incorporate our kids into our, into our <laughs> lives. Uh, we, we don't, we try not to work at home for the most part, just because we try not to have them see us on screens a whole lot. But otherwise, like we still travel a ton with them. Mm-hmm. Our kids have been, I don't know, they're, 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 they're frequent flyers. They are really good on airplanes and just are good in road trips and are just good in new places. And so, yeah, we, we feel like we still try to be the people we were, um, maybe not to the same, like, like magnitude, but we love the outdoors. We love eating out. We love cooking. Uh, We love spending time with our friends and we still do all those things. The biggest thing that we did with our kids um, was we have these one, one, every month we have a a hangout with our friends. It's kind of like a casual drop in. And so our closest friends, we just invite them to like come by any time of the day. We'll have the grill going or we'll make some big, you know, big pot meal, one pot meal. And people just drop in. And so like we still try to find time to like fit everything in. I think it's important for our friends to like spend time with our kids and, and, and get to know them as people as well. I love that. I love hearing those stories. You know, I, I hate hearing people say like, oh, you just wait. Your whole life is going to be everything is changing. And I get everything will change. But, you know, like, oh, you can forget about this. Forget about that. And it's like that is probably yeah. the least helpful it's always you everyone has a choice right like just I said like whether it's, you know you, you choose to have breakfast or feel like you're dying that day like and I think that it's the same thing with motherhood you can you can right. make that choice to let it take over or not and I and I also have to caveat like I, I feel like I have pretty easy kids so I, I feel like maybe if you have like a someone with like high needs you you probably are dealing with something very different but our kids are pretty adaptable they sleep well so I feel like we kind of hit you know we like hit the lottery with them um so that they have been able to kind of just be like part of our lives versus us super getting sucked into their lives and like by but you know we definitely have changed we spent a lot more time at playgrounds I didn't realize I lived so close to like so many great playgrounds and that's been great because we've met other families through them and our kids have, you know, have, have just expanded our, like our heart in so many ways and our empathy. But, uh, for the most part, we just consider them like, you know, you're part of our lives. <laughs> so, yes, I love it. I love that. So, and I guess one, so for the people listening who might be parents and they feel like I'm a parent and I have this idea, but I, I can't, I can't possibly do both. What would be your Gosh, advice to that's that? That's hard. I, I sometimes wonder, like, could I have started Cook Smarts with my kids? Um, and I have talked to lots of parents in that in this in, in that situation who have kids and are in a job but trying to to figure something out on the side. I think that you can do it, but I think it's just gonna be slower going. And I think it comes back to those micro steps. Kids are really unpredictable. You know, they get sick, they throw up your schedule. So I think, you know, you have to set up, put, put that big goal, put, put the big stake in and then think about the 50 things you need to do to get there so that you feel like you're accomplishing something and getting towards that larger goal. Because I think if you just set the big goal and not all the mini goals, you will always feel like you're failing. Um, and I think that goes for parenting too. It's like you might set the goal mm-hmm. of like potty training, but like set all the, all the mini steps to get there. And so you just, I think we all need small wins in life, you know, as, as, as humans. And so give yourself those small wins and work towards the larger thing. Love that. Yes, absolutely. I just did like the double hands up emoji over here. Okay. <laughs> um, so I think fitness and nutrition go pretty much hand in hand. So how do you find time for both? Do you, do you work out? What's kind of Ooh, your, your compliment to healthy topics. eating? Um, so I'm obsessed with working out. I've been that way since <laughs> I was a teenager. Um, and it definitely gets harder. You know, you you just have less time when you're, when you own a business and or you, or, and you just have less time as you get, I think when you grow older in life. So, uh, for me, I've had oh, totally. to geographically yeah. optimize my life and I don't think that you can, everyone can do this, but it's really worked out well for me where my co-working space is at the JCC, the Jewish Community Center, which is a mile and a half away from my house. And the JCC also happens to be my gym. And it's like a beautiful facility with great gym and classes and kids pool and lap pool. And so I go 
into the office every morning. I sit at my, I, I use my standing desk. Uh, so I feel like I'm not just like sitting down and so engrossed in work. Uh, and then I work out during, during lunchtime. Uh, so that kind of breaks up my day. And actually, so after my workouts, on, I, I have a I have a strict schedule because I find that if I just have it scheduled, it's like on my calendar, it's something that I just feel like I have to do. Um, and I do pretty much the same classes every week. So yes. like Mondays, I go to yoga. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go to uh, like a hit class. Wednesday, I Zumba. And then Friday, I do uh, Pilates and stretching. There are so many classes and I could say like, I could see myself getting like decision paralysis of like, oh, I could do this or that. But like, I just know like Mondays is yoga day. So like, yes. I, I'm going to do yoga. And that's all I have to, you know, that I don't have the decision around all the other stuff. Yes. So I think a lot of it is trimming out the decisions with working out. So like signing up for a program where like you're just told what to do, I find is so much help, so much more helpful to me as someone that like has to make so many decisions for work that I do not want to make any decisions in my workout life. I just want to know what I need to do. Oh, I'm with you. I, I That's something that I tell myself all the time is that if I make this a non-negotiable part of my day, that I'm totally yeah. less likely to crap out on it because I'm like, well, this is just, it just is. It's like brushing your teeth. I mean, I'm not not going to brush my teeth because I don't feel like it. It's just part of my day. So it's in the schedule. It's a habit and therefore it's just going to get done. Absolutely. And this stuff doesn't have to take a ton, a ton of time, whether it's like working out or meal prepping or cooking your meals. And I think that's one thing that CookSmarts does really well is that there's nothing in there that requires 14 exotic ingredients and two and a half hours of time to sit in your kitchen and cook. You know, of course, everybody is short on time and it's all for different reasons, whether it's because you have a family life that's busy or your career or you're dealing with chronic illness or any kind of illness. So what would be your your best practices for making quick meals? Like when you have zero energy, you have zero time, what is your go-to? Clearly everybody is busy and wants to, still wants to cook and wants to figure out like what's the, what's the secret? And yeah. to me, I tell people like don't worry about Googling quick and easy recipes. Understand like what makes a recipe quick and easy. And I think there's a couple of things. One is the ingredients mm. shouldn't be really hard to chop. Right. So like if you're short on time, don't choose that night to cut a butternut squash. I feel like butternut squash is just like, even for me, I have great knife skills, but it takes time to peel it or, you know, so just know that that's not, that's not an easy ingredient to work with. Like pick something that's like, it's soft skinned, pretty easy to chop. So a zucchini, a, a bell pepper, those things are quick and easy to chop. And then think about like things that cook quickly. So again, butternut squash, not going to cook quickly. Roasting vegetables, not quick, but you can do like a salad is something that works really well. If you want to do a lot of vegetables or like a saute, sauteing like kale or sauteing zucchini, bell peppers, mushrooms, those things are quick. So there's some, um, you know, so some ingredients cook quickly and there are some techniques that help those ingredients cook, cook, cook quickly. And then if you, for proteins, I, I love, I always keep frozen shrimp and frozen fish on hand for that reason um, because it's a healthy protein and it cooks fast versus like a chicken breast with bones or something so seafood tofu beans those are proteins that are going to cook really fast so those are other components you're looking for when you want to make a quick and easy meal um, so that to me is those those are the secrets so those three things like pick ingredients that are not going to be hard for you to chop pick tech pick ingredients that will not take long to cook and then pick techniques that will not take long to cook. Um, and so if you find like the, those three things, that's going to get you to a quick and easy meal. So for me, a lot of the times it will re- really be like, I'll just chop some cucumber, make that into like a, a salad on its own um, and saute up some shrimp and I'll put something in the rice cooker and that's like dinner, right? Or then I'll, we'll have tofu or something else. And I feel like I have a pretty balanced meal. Whole grains do take a while to cook, but they also like it's passive cooking, like you don't have to tend to it. So I like to do those things on a Sunday night. I'll like bulk cook barley or farro or brown rice and just have that ready. You know, you can just easily just go in the fridge and heat it up. Uh, so that's to me another great, you know, time saving thing. And you can, since it's passive cooking, you can just put it in and then go like clean up your kitchen or you know, pack lunches for Monday or watch, watch, sit down and watch a TV show, you know, whatever it is, then it's just yeah. ready and you're going to be so happy. You like 
took the five minutes on a Sunday to get that ready. Yeah, it's such a it's such a little victory that feels so good once you've done it. And I can't help but almost read between the lines with this question because I get this question a lot too. And I think the hidden question here is how can I get over being lazy and just do it? And I I think it really I think it comes down to just making the decision kind of like the workout, just making the decision that this is not negotiable. You're going to take 15 yeah. minutes and prep this meal, you know? Like there's no secret to, to not being lazy about it. It's just, okay, no, I'm not going to allow myself to just be like, meh, I'll just order a pizza. I'm going to sit down and yeah, make take, the food like, that I decided pizza, to make. It's like you still have to wait like 20 to 30 minutes for the pizza probably, right? Like so you're still 20 to 30 yeah. minutes away from eating. Totally. So you might as well, and I think yes. a lot of it is just like people have whatever they're doing, the inertia <laughs> just takes over, right? So like to me, it's like, again, those micro steps, like yes. just walk like just like stand stand up from the couch stand up and then walk to your fridge is the first first step open the fridge like mm-hmm. whatever it is and so i find that once you're like <laughs> have you maybe meal prepped one thing on a sunday you're finding like oh i'm already like standing over the counter with a dirty cutting board and a dirty knife like maybe i'll just like prep yep. one other thing and so i find that like once you're in the process right you can go and do it and it's like with same thing with working out i'm sure like once you're like the hardest part is getting out the door or like just like changing into your like workout clothes. So like I know people will like sleep in their workout clothes, right? Because then like you're like one, at least one task is done. Like my kid my <laughs> for a while would not change out of her pajamas. So we started putting her in her like day clothes. So that was like one less <laughs> hurdle she had to face in the morning of dealing with the world. So she was like dressed and ready to go and we didn't have to fight with her. And so I think like whatever the hurdle is for you, like, and it's so much as mental, like how do you remove it and make it like set yourself up for success? Right. So I think that's like what we're all like, what you and I are trying to help people do like, how do we set people up for success? Yes, absolutely. And healthy eating slash healthy living is kind of a loaded phrase these days. And I mean, it can mean so many different things, you know, and I personally am often, I often find myself in a place where I'm motivated to do the right thing on Sunday. I set myself up with meal ideas and all that. And then three days later, I'm back to not feeling like doing anything. And I I think, like you said, that that still comes back to taking those micro steps. And I actually love that this is the theme where we're coming to because I think that's so accessible. Everybody can take one small step towards whatever goal they have. Your philosophy, like just be practicing forgiveness and not feeling like you have to be perfect. And like, you have to have all these things to be like the perfect yogi. Like there's, you know, there's no such thing. Right. And I think for us, it's the same thing with cooking. Like, yeah, like earlier this week, I made a box, like I made craft mac and cheese or box mac and cheese or whatever it was. And I was like, totally okay with that because 95% of the yes. time I cook and I'm happy to do it. But like, I, I just like, it's all, I always have that choice. Right. It's like, so for me, it's like, okay, for times when you just like, you know, are feeling lazy and it's okay. And you forgive yourself and you just like, let it go. And to the next day you can reset and start over. What do you think are like, I don't know, maybe three or five tools that you think all home cooks from super beginner to super advanced should have in their kitchen? I got to be such a voyeur in so many people's kitchens when I was giving cooking lessons. And I was always amazed by like all the tools people had, but then never used. So to me, it's like not about like you don't need a whole lot to be a good cook. Just like you don't, you know, you don't need like perfect outfits to be a good yogi. You just need a mat, right? Like that's all you need and bottle water. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. so I find I was always, so people had great knives. Like they were really like expensive knives that they got when they got married, they registered for them and people paid a lot of money to gift it to them, but then they never used them or they used them, but never sharpened them. So they were really in bad shape. So to me, like tool number one is you don't have to have a fancy knife, but you need to have a knife that you're willing to maintain and keep sharp. So it's the same thing as a like buying a Mercedes Benz, like just because it's a luxury car doesn't mean you don't take it in for tune-ups. You still have to take it in and tune, you know, give it, ma- maintain it and, and mm-hmm. give it checkups or whatever. So same thing for a knife, you know, take care of it, take it to a professional knife sharpener, try to not put it in the dishwasher and put it in, just throw it into a drawer after you use it. Uh, so a sharp knife because pretty much every single time you cook, you will be using a knife. And if you want to include vegetables in your diet, which I highly recommend, you will you will probably need a knife to chop those vegetables. So yeah, well, first thing is a sharp knife. 
And then for me after that, like everything else is not, not as important, but um, I say also a good cutting board because you're going to use that knife on something. And by a good cutting board, I don't mean like anything fancy, but just having one that's pretty large. I, I, I go to homes and they have like a teeny little cutting board. I'm like, that's so frustrating. You can't mm-hmm. cut anything on there. Um, so just get a good size one. <laughs> and I find that cutting yes. boards often slip around. I don't know why they've made it this way. That's just a huge hazard. So just hold the dish towel and put it underneath and that'll stabilize your cutting board so it doesn't shift around while you're while you're chopping makes a huge difference. Uh, The third thing I would say are prep bowls. Uh, For me, part of cooking is understanding, like just like with whatever work you do, you you go in with a plan. Like if you want to do your best work, you should plan out your day somewhat. You know, you have a goal. So set the goal and figure out all the little steps you need to get to it. So same thing with with cooking, like your, your goal is making, you know, this stir fry. So all the things you need to chop the onion, chop the bell pepper, chop the carrot. And then you want to put them into a bowl so that they're organized uh, and easily to like, you know, port over to wherever yes. you're cooking them. So I find that I, the thing that was missing in so many homes were prep bowls because I just, yeah, I was like, what do you do with the things after you chop them? It's like, oh, we just like put them in piles around the countertop. <laughs> that's not very, <laughs> that's not very. And so I've got, I've got all sorts of prep bowls. I've got your typical Pyrex stacking ones, but I have these ones that you can, uh, you can search for them on Amazon. They're, the brand is progressive. They're collapsible prep bowls. So they, it's great for small spaces, but they, they come in different, yeah. couple different sizes and you can, you know, pop them out and then collapse them for dishwasher. So they don't take a little out of room, your dishwasher and in your drawer. And they also come with lids. So if you are a meal prepping person, you can meal prep a bunch of things on a Sunday, slap the lids on, label them if you want. And then, you know, you're all, you're set to go for the rest of the week. So those would be my, those would be my top three, everything, you know, there's other things you clearly need, like good pan, like a good pan, yeah. like a good cast iron pan or like a good can opener. But like, I think you can get pretty far with, with those, having those three things and just, you know, a few, a, a few pots and pans and you're pretty much set from, from there. I wonder if the prep bowl thing is like, maybe people don't have them because at first glance, it seems really frivolous, but to that, I'm going to argue with myself and say that I think we should all be careful not to ignore the pleasure aspect of cooking, that even if something is like mildly frivolous, but it just makes the process more enjoyable. Yeah. Why, why not? 10 to 20 bucks that like of something you're going to use, you will use it. I promise, you know, like you're, if anything, like if you don't use it, your kids all will love time. playing with yeah. it. Like my kids love playing with Tupperware. They think it's like the best thing ever, you know, like they have tons, <laughs> they have all these toys, but really they just want to play in the Tupperware drawer. <laughs> Exactly. And earlier when we first got on the phone, you mentioned how like after you had your kids, you kind of like got into this whole world of postpartum fitness and and healing the body after pregnancy. So can you talk a little about that? Like part for me with pregnancy was like not being able to work out the way that I, I, I normally did. Right. So I, I first the first change was really just like, how do you continue to exercise and be fit? Because I think the, the, the philosophy has now changed mm-hmm. so much, you know, like before I'm sure like, you know, definitely like maybe like 100 years ago, they told you when you're pregnant, like you should always take it easy. And I'm, I'm not saying like, go run a marathon now. But you yeah. know, but like, I think now it's like people you're you're, okay. you're encouraged to take walks every single day, you're encouraged to like, keep fit because birth is a really physical act. And I think when you're, when you're physically fit, the whole thing is much easier. Yeah. Um, and so throughout my pregnancy towards the end, you know, towards that third middle, second trimester, third trimester, where I couldn't do what I was doing before, I would spend a lot of time in the pool. I did a lot of aqua fitness classes, which was awesome. I met some really great older ladies that way. Uh Um, and they were all really excited for me. (laughs) And so after having the babies, I just, you just, your core just feels so weak, at least mine did. Um, and the weirdest feeling for me after birth was mm-hmm. I felt like my organs were always moving. I don't know if that's too much information, but. Okay. Th- no, that's really weird because I, there's no reason for it, but that is a thought that I have in my mind where I'm like, don't things like shift around? No space for like a couple months because you're so big and everything's just packed in as tight as it can be. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this baby is gone and the plus, like all these things are yeah. gone. And if you just like are left this big vacuum and things are just kind of like floating around trying to find their home as your <laughs> belly is trying to find, go back to like, you know, close to me, hopefully close to where it was before. And so like, I just found that so just right. like, like 
uncomfortable. Like I was afraid to like move, make any like fast movements or sudden movements because I just could feel things like jostle in there. Um, and I, I, I've, I've heard this from other, other, <laughs> other, other women who have had kids. It's just a weird feeling. So I think a lot of it was like being gen- as gentle with myself as possible. Like I think, you know, I'm a type A person. I want to just like jump back into everything and just have everything be normal. But you also realize like, no, nothing is like, it's a new normal now. Like you just have to get used to the new normal and again, be like gent- yeah. <laughs> gentle and, and, and like empathetic to your new body and what it's been through. Um, and so a lot of it is I just started with like walk, you know, I'd still continue with a lot of walking. I went to the pool, um, but, and slowly I would get back into like yoga and Pilates was kind of the last thing I took on. Cause I, advice that I got from a lot of people was since Pilates is so core focused and your core strength isn't there, you could really hurt yourself. Um, so I, I did, I, that was kind of the last thing I incorporated back in. Uh, but it's like, it's just a slow you and just like respond to your body. Um, I went to, I, I started going to a chiropractor in my first pregnancy and I still go to one now. Um, and you know, I, I'm very, I'm just much more mindful and aware of all the things when they don't feel great or they don't feel like I feel misaligned or something just doesn't feel right. Um, and I just don't take that as like, that's what it's supposed to feel like. I like go find help and like ask like, why does it feel this way? Like, should, what should I be doing in order to like correct this? So I don't feel like I've, I'm like crooked right now or something. Um, I am going to change gears. I have one more kind of not really a loaded question, but I want your opinion on something. So one thing that CookSmarts does really well is that I love that you guys have all of these, well, several options for different dietary needs. So like if you're vegetarian, if you're gluten-free, if you're paleo, those are the things that you can kind of um, choose different, different options. Um, But you don't have like keto or like a raw option or a vegan option. And I have my opinions on this stuff, but what are, to me, some of these are more like fad type Mm -hmm. diets. It's, it's like Atkins, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on these kind of diets in general? So I'm not, I'm not a registered dietitian, so I don't under, like, I don't really understand them from that nutritional standpoint. For me, I kind of like the only diet that I really support is like one where you're cooking most of things yourself, like from like cooking from mostly like real ingredients from yourself. And I don't, I guess I'm, I, I'm okay with like all the diet so long as like it supports you in, in that goal. Um, so like if you want to do keto, like, and that mm-hmm. helps you cook more, I think that's great. And I think at some point, like if keto is not right for you, your body will tell you that. Um, like I, I do, I do think everyone should, it, before mm-hmm. they go on these bad diets should like to consult a professional of some sort, like a dietitian, because that's their job is to understand like how your body is going to respond to these things. And everyone's bodies is different. Um, and so like definitely like, you know, there's no one size fits all diet except for the one where it's like, try to cook more things. Right. That to me is like, like as simple as it gets. <laughs> so like, you know, maybe some ingredients don't work as well for you as others, but like, I think the the cooking component is something that is going to be, you know, like tried and true for that's going to be healthier for everybody versus eating out. And so to me, like, yeah, I I think people like to try fat diets and I'm totally okay with that. I think whatever is going to help you be interested in cooking, then I think that could be a win. And so, the you know, right now the keto diet is the hot diet. We get a lot of questions about it. There's a whole CookSmarts spinoff keto group. I don't know how it's going, um, but people are really, we're really excited about it. So I think like, you know, I think it's great that people are using our recipes, but kind of tailoring tailoring them to their current dieting interest. And I I have talked to registered dietitians about this who are, you know, they're, they're always anti the latest bad diet because they're just like, all this stuff is just, you know, it's just like for the media um, and for, for book sales, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So I think they would say like they're just anti it from like an RD standpoint. From a person who's like all about cooking, I would say like, yeah, if it if it's gonna help you cook, go for it. And if your body's gonna tell you otherwise, it will it will it will tell you. I, I think you're right. And you know, I I was gonna be a little bit bratty about the keto diet because I disagree with it. But you know, after you say that, I'm thinking people ask the same question about yoga and fitness. You know, what's the best blank for my fitness goals. And I always say the best thing you can do is the thing you're actually going to stick with, you know? And so if that's what gets you, if that's like your gateway drug into cooking at home all the time, then like, why not? Bonnie will tell you, like, if, 
Uh, so much of these diets, I think, just gives you a little bit extra awareness. And I think that extra awareness isn't bad, right? Like, I think people, it, it gives people a little bit more education about certain ingredients and an awareness of like what things will do to their body. And I think it's so long as you respond to that, like, I think so many people come off of Atkins eventually, or some people only do like paleo or Whole30, like, you know, part time, just because they know their body at some point, like craves carbs and no, like, I like I, I don't know if like humans actually need mm-hmm. carbs. But like, I, I definitely like throughout pregnancy crave carbs. So to me, I'm like, this is like a like, this is something inside of me that I cannot control. Like, you know, and I hear you hear vegetarians that say when they're pregnant need feel like they need to eat burgers, you know, and so I think so much of it is just responding I, to what your body is telling you. Um, when you're on a diet and kind of course correcting for that, like anything that I think just like says like you cannot do something, do X or cannot have X. And like, you, if you don't stick with this, then you're like breaking the diet. I think it's just like, it's too much. Like people just have to have like, you know, there needs to be more like forgiveness and flexibility and things. I, I like that. I agree. I do. Um, let's see. Okay. So final thoughts or, I mean, anything that you feel like you really would want people to know who are trying to get into healthier habits with eating or, um, uh, meal prepping or anything along those lines or something you maybe wish you would have known 10 years ago about eating uh, healthy and all of that. Theme of our conversation has been kind of those like micro goals or micro steps that that's kind of where I want to leave people. It's like wherever you are in your cooking journey, like is totally fine. And just think about like where you want to be and take a small step towards there. So if you're not cooking at all, and maybe the goal is just to like cook once one meal a week, you know, just make one small step to like pick out one good recipe that you are going to be excited to cook and just cook that one thing and then cook it again a few more times and move on to the next thing. Um, But just like be, be kind to yourself about where you are and have some kind of like some goal in mind so that you can move a little bit further further ahead. So before we sign off, tell people where they can follow you uh, on social media and your website and also what's next, anything pressing that we need to know coming out of Cooksmart. Yeah, so um, you can go, you can find all the information you need about our meal plan service, about our mission, our philosophy, about our uh, cooking program, Nourish, on cooksmarts.com. And if you poke around there, you'll be able to find a a one-month trial to our meal plan service as well. Um, And you can follow me on Instagram at JessDangCS, J-E-S-S-D-A-N-G-C-S. And I will admit, I'm really not good at social media in the sense that, like, I'm not on there very frequently. <laughs> it's the one thing that, like, has, you know, I, like, I know that I'm, I, like, should be on it, but I just, I just, just have not, like, have not incorporated it into my life in, in a regular, habitual way, which I'm also okay with, so. It was really great to talk with you. Thank you so, Thank you so much, much for, for having me, Erin. This is so much fun. I hope everyone enjoys this conversation. There it is. So, uh, did you buy yourself a cutting board yet? Uh, how, how about prep bowls? <laughs> I have some in my Amazon cart right now, actually. So I'm ready. I'm ready to go, Jess. Um, anyway, as I mentioned earlier, we will be bringing a meal prep element into PBYP resolution thanks to CookSmarts. So I'm very much looking forward to getting you um, some more information on that in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. It's going to be incredibly helpful for those of you who want more structure both in your yoga practice and also in the kitchen. Now, if you liked this episode, please, please, please subscribe. Give it a good rating because I know it doesn't seem like that big of a deal to you, but it really goes a long way for us, for this podcast. It not only just means a lot to me personally, but it also helps us rank. It helps other people find the podcast. So if you've ever gotten anything positive, whether it was from this episode or from another one, please take the 60 seconds uh, to go find it, subscribe, and uh, and give it a rating. Because like I said, it just helps a ton. So thank you so, so, so very much for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want more from me, head to badyogi.com. If you want to hear more from Jess, find her on Instagram. Check out Cook Smarts. All of this is going to be linked in the um, show notes in the description down below. Thank you again for joining me today. I hope you all have an incredible rest of your day and I'll see you right back here next week.